Hello. How you going? My name is Ellie Angel Mobs and I'm the host of this podcast. It is called Living With Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis, made in conjunction with the amazing team at Endometriosis Australia to create conversations about an illness that affects one in nine Australians, endometriosis. On this chat, we catch up with an endo warrior. She is a public figure appearing on several TV shows, including The Bachelorette, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Gogglebox, you'd know her with her mate Evie. More recently, she's been dancing up a storm on Dancing with the Stars on Channel 7. She's also got a podcast, a writer, she's an author, and she's also an endo and PCOS sister. This episode, we catch up with the wonderful Angie Kent. Thank you for having me. Now, you are an endo warrior and a PCOS sister, according to your Instagram page. I am, but I actually need to update that because I am many more things I've found (laughs) post-last surgery. I need to really update that endo warrior PCOS sister status. So over the past couple of years, you really have had quite an interesting journey when it comes to endometriosis. You've had three surgeries. One only recently, which has been the largest one you've had, and they discovered all sorts of weeds and wonderful things with you. Yes, yes, that was that was my biggest one to date. Um, but also kind of a blessing that it was because I found out so much more about myself. Well, let's rewind back to Angie in her younger years. You know, when you very first started to hit puberty, and there's period chats and all of that stuff happening. Do you recall having painful periods when you were younger? Look, I do, but I also feel I really had to sit with this the other day because somebody else, I had to write an article about endometriosis for Endometriosis Awareness Month. And I really sat with it and I thought I have trauma blocked a lot of stuff that was painful, which I feel a lot of people with wombs do Um, because I was grown, I was brought up to think the periods were not to be talked about and were just shit and we just had to deal with it. Mm. So I don't, I obviously remember suffering with it, but I also have created this kind of memory around it where I just had to deal. So I I think it was so much worse than what it was because I read through old diaries now and I'm like, wow, I do not remember that. It's like I fully blocked it. But I don't think it was normal for me to be fainting nearly every time I had my period. And I do remember that part. When did that first begin for you? How old were you? Well, I first got my period when I was 12 and I remember I fainted and I was like on the toilet and I saw the blood and my mum and I hadn't even had the talk yet and I fainted. And then I had it and then I didn't get it again for a year later. Mm. Um, So even that alone was a bit odd. And my period was always inconsistent. It would like be there and then it wouldn't and then it would be there and then it wouldn't. And it was just, it was always a roller coaster. And during that time, did you go to the GP or think there's something going on here? I need to find out what's happening. Like, mum, is this normal? No, no, that's the saddest part. I got my, so we didn't, we we didn't really speak about periods so much. Obviously we had like PDT, personal development and thinking where Mm -hmm. they would be like, you get your period, you have sex, don't have sex. I went to a Catholic school or you'll get pregnant, don't have an abortion. (laughs) It was just like so basic back then. Mm -hmm. So that was like 90s, early 2000s. And it just, there wasn't much education surrounding periods or painful periods um, because obviously painful periods are not normal, whereas a lot of people think that 
they are. And they're totally not, I've learned now the hard way, but I've still learned. But no, I don't remember. I, I suffered from a really bad eating disorder growing up. So, which nobody really knew to the, the extent of it. So I always thought I wasn't getting my period because I was severely bulimic and starving myself. And I learned that that's what happened. So I just thought it was that, which is so sad. Yeah. I wonder if as well that that condition may have aligned with the endometriosis because endo can have those mental health problems as well. 100%. The more work I'm doing and the more I'm getting to learn about, you know, little Angie and Angie now, (laughs) I'm just like, the reason why I was riddled with anxiety wasn't just because I was an anxious person or hormonal person or the reason why, you know, I had an eating disorder wasn't because ABCD. It probably stemmed down to a lot of internal struggles and that constant battle I was having with my body but having no idea. So you have had three surgeries to date. What year was your first? Well, I think my first one, so I would have been 26 or 27. Let's just say 26, 27. Um, that was my very first laparoscopy. And you were feeling crook in the lead up and you thought, I need to go and get some answers as to what on earth is happening, like me fainting and my life being put on hold during that time of the month. That's yes. not normal. Well, I got to the point, my symptoms got worse as I got older and I got to the point I was seeing a GP since I was 21 so she kind of generally knew about me right and she noticed you know she saw my struggles with my eating disorder and my acne and my mental health and my pain and then one day she was like look we're going to put you on the pill because your acne's come back and I know that triggers your eating disorder and you're in a lot of pain so it was all that and I was like okay sounds good And then, you know, I'll bleed through the pill. And I was like, this is, I don't want to be on the pill. I'm bleeding through. My skin hasn't got any better. Like what is going on? And she was like, I reckon you might have endometriosis. So obviously we go get the um, ultrasound, which you don't normally see endometriosis Mm -hmm. in there for some people. And then she was like, I still think you have it. So let's book you in for a laparoscopy. And I went through the public health system. I didn't know my surgeon at all. I was kind of handed over to a complete stranger, Mm. which from memory now, I'm pretty sure it was through people that were practicing, like learning, doing their study. And I'm like, oh God. Um, And they found endometriosis only a little bit, but my symptoms, you know, they say it doesn't matter if you're riddled or you have a little bit, everybody is different, right? And my symptoms were It just brought so many answers to me, but also left me feeling like, wow, like if only I knew I had this all those years ago, would have I put myself through Mm. all that stress? When the doctor first said the word endometriosis, did you, had you ever heard of it before? No, not. Oh, maybe my friend Evie, because she was quite, she's quite a bit older than me. Yeah. She might have brought it up because she had a friend that suffered from it really badly and couldn't fall pregnant for years. Mm. And But I never knew much about it. I was just like it sounded like something that was so out of my world or for like older people, you know, um, but it's because I didn't know. And then I was and then I did more and I was like, wow, like, yeah, there's there's so many women that have it or don't know they have it. And, and, that, it's and the stat will continue to grow at the, at the moment. It is one in nine, but... I figure that that's only going to continue to grow into the future. And you also mentioned the ultrasound. Now, that procedure in itself is quite invasive. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not a nice one at all. Um, And probably the most disheartening thing is you walk into that room and you think, I'm going to get an answer. Something will show up. Please, just something. And then 
when the person who's doing the assessment says, no, can't find anything, it's like something sinks in you and you go, oh, my God, just why? Why isn't there something yeah. showing up there? There's something there. It's not all in my head. You just want answers, don't you, and as to why your body feels like this all the time or, or why do you feel crazy off and on or all of the things it is and you do expect to after going something through something so invasive, you know, it's not, it shouldn't feel normal for a complete stranger to have to shove something up your area that is so already sore and tight from clenching in pain. Like all of it, all of it, it all adds up and it's all detrimental to your your mental health. And I think people forget that. Yeah. It really does play in your mind. It's the anxiety in the lead up to something like that. Oh, waiting the anxiety, for the anxiety. Even now, I still get it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to have somebody like a man. I, you know, I, I love my surgeon, but I don't want him shoving things at me while I'm awake. Like nobody does. So it sounds like the first surgeon who did your first laparoscopy um, didn't. You weren't happy with the results. Um, no, I, 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 I read I, it. I read. Was it on your Instagram? You posted that they butchered you. I feel like I was butchered and a lot of my 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 most recent surgeon and my previous surgeon that I had in 2020 who was also amazing, um, he was like, yeah, that was real messy in there and they missed a lot of things. And I was like, are you serious? And I ended up in emergency post my first laparoscopy. I had like my, my scarring was just like, oh, so bad and oozing and pussing and I fainted and I was, oh, it was awful. It was so like even thinking about it, I get sweaty. My first one wasn't ideal. And I'm not dissing the public system at all. Mm. I know a, a lot of great private specialists work publicly. I personally have received so much more information, support, care through private yes it does cost a lot more but it's just all things that you've got to prioritize what's more important to you you know your health or something that you don't really need to buy so a couple of months ago you did have your third surgery your biggest so far tell us all about that one so I did I ended up having a a complicated laparoscopy but then I had a lots of other ones like a hysteroscopy and Oh God, I don't even know some of them, to be honest. I just trust this surgeon so much, but he told me all about it and spoke through it. And I did my research and whatnot, but, um, I had a lot of damage in there, nerve damage from being in so much pain and clenching. So I had to get uh, a dose of Botox in my pelvis area for nerve damage. And, um, I was, had my PCOS all drilled out cause they were so enlarged. Mm. I saw images and, it's not something you really want to see. That's for damn sure. Um, also, endometriosis, though, however, he was really impressed with. I worked really solidly with my naturopath for the last three years for my endo pain management and um, it growing back. And he was really impressed with that. There was a lot of scar tissue damage, but the rest was mainly PCOS um, and... I always say this one wrong. And adenomyosis. The other one. Adenomyosis. <laughs> I just found out I have adenomyosis oh, as well. Welcome and to the I club. also have interstitial cystitis. <laughs> Can you just stop with all the itises? Like <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, I always used to feel so sorry for people who had ad- adenomyosis. I always say it wrong. Yes. 
I yeah, that one and endometriosis. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they have both. Mm. One is bad enough, and I'm I've I've had both, and I had no idea. So the adenomyosis that you do speak about is it's kind of like the cousin of endometriosis, where it does yes. grow in the uterine wall, and it can cause some big issues when it comes to fertility in future. Yes, and I'm I'm slowly but surely learning all about that new diagnosis mm. now. Um, hence me not being overly educated around that yet. But you look, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I was already just getting my head around endometriosis, PCOS, and now all this new stuff that I have to learn so about. You've really got dealt the triple quadruple whammy even when it comes to you got polycystic ovarian syndrome, and that does affect a lot of women as well. Yes, it does. I've only just found out I had that too last year. Um, so I've been learning about, you know, all the the insulin resistance and what exercises I should do, all this new hair that's grown on my body, my weight, you know, forever going up and down, mm. my skin. Like it's just, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to try to medically process, let alone physically, emotionally and spiritually process. How do you stay so positive? I don't. Well, look. I do. I have good and bad days like everybody. Leading up to my second surgery, I was a mess. I recently lost my naturopath who was my complete confidant in my healing process for the last three years to suicide. Um, I was just, you know, I just felt like I'd been medically gaslit for so long and I finally found this spirit sister. My symptoms were out of control and I couldn't wait for surgery, but it kept getting postponed because of COVID and then my naturopath um, taking her own life. I was just, I was a mess. I couldn't get out of bed. I was in so much pain. I didn't want to work. So I do have really bad days. I just don't overly, I mean, I do let people know the struggles, but just like everybody, you don't want to post about it because you feel like you don't want to bring people down and you kind of just pretend, which is sad. I think everybody mm. should be able to not suffer in silence. Yeah. And be themselves and be able to go, hey, I need some help here. I'm really struggling. Exactly. I'm so sorry to hear that about your naturopath. Yeah, it's been a very deeply average start to 2022 for mm. so many people. But health-wise for me, it's both been, or and mentally, it's both been, um, it's been full on. But now I'm starting to see the other side where, you know, I've got all these new diagnoses, but I've cultivated this like amazing team. And I feel like the real path of healing is just beginning now. Having an amazing team around you when you have got endo and PCOS and adeno and everything else is so important. Who is part of yours? Oh, it is so important. I can't stress enough how important it is to see somebody that listens to you and holds space for you and doesn't medically gaslight you. So at the moment, I uh, have a surgeon that works closely to with my um, specialist and he's also a holistic practitioner as well. So I'm a big fan of both Western and East, like holistic approaches together. That really works for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a really amazing specialist and holistic prac at the moment called Dr. Andrew Orr. We've just started together and I already am just like I feel so held and supported and my surgeon's great obviously in some of those cases you do feel a little bit like a number because they have so many women they're looking after surgeons that they don't hold that emotional support for you as much which is totally 
understandable. But this other doctor that I'm seeing, he he's more of that pain management, emotional support, as well as the physical, which is really important to have all of them. Yeah. And what about uh, for your mental health? Do you have a psychologist that you speak to, a counsellor, even a friend that you can confide in on those days? Um, I'm learning now that it's really important to have a psychologist that uh, focuses on pain management who also could potentially have endometriosis themselves. My my specialist doctor or is um, linking me with uh, a new psych. I do, I still do get um, therapy. I have an amazing therapist, but we don't really deal with that kind of stuff. So I'll be focusing more on, you know, pain management and trauma from, you know, surgeries and health and things now. And also, um, yeah, I'll be getting into like pelvic physio appointments and I do a lot of healings. I work through a lot of energy with Reiki, all of the things. I'm mad for all of the things. I love Reiki. (laughs) Anything to make me better. I did one session and fell in love and it is such. It's uh, Just do it and you will understand what we're talking about. Oh, it's so good. And I think as women or people with wombs, we hold so much trauma in that space. It's so important to know and let go of energy. Mm-hmm. Just go and Google Reiki um, in whichever do city it. you are and try and find someone who is able to um, to do a session with you because it's life-changing. Um, you've also spoken oh, yeah. about naturopathy. So what kind of stuff would you be taking with that? So I was, um, I, she was a herbalist as well. Well, mm-hmm. most of them are. And she, um, we worked together and we just had pain management for um, my endometriosis, my PCOS, my anxiety, my sleeping. I don't like to take painkillers. Obviously I have to, <laughs> cause I am an endometriosis, PCOS, et cetera, et cetera person. So, you know, you have to at times, but with her, we worked together in working out what I was lacking all all up in my body. So I had a lot of herbs, a lot of supplements, and they did work in some areas. For me, again, for me, I always say for me because I don't want people to ever think I'm like making them question what works for them because no two bodies experience anything the same. And, yeah, but, look, that was a, it was a lot, a lot of money, and I understand a lot of people, I mean, we can't afford those things, right, and it all adds up. But she was a game changer for me in that, time of my life but now I've got all these new diagnoses it's important to have um, a, a specialist as well as a naturopath if you can. Now you have been on several TV shows including most recently on Dancing with the Stars um, which is currently airing on Channel 7. How did you go doing such a physical thing and also battling your endo and your, everything else that was going on in your body? I have no idea. I look back and I often think and thank and feel sorry for my body to some degree that I it constantly shows up for me and I, I do a lot of spiritual practices as well and I, I, I'm learning to forgive certain parts of what I've done to my body out of not being educated or, you know, just suffering. And I just think, oh, my God, you constantly show up for me even though you are absolutely riddled with so many things, I would go home a lot, you know, and just be like, why am I so tired? I know I'm dancing full-time and I'm not a dancer and that exhaustion of filming full-time as well. But I don't I don't know. I think I didn't realise how sick I was because I'm so good at putting everybody else before myself and I'm so good at pretending um, to get 
the job done and to not make people feel uncomfortable around me, which a lot of women suffer with. Mm. And then I'll go home and I'll cry. So people don't see me, but I am learning through therapy that I can own this. I didn't ask for this to happen to me and nobody has. Um, And we should feel okay with going, look, I can't do that today. And I'm really struggling. That's something I'm working on every single day is saying no and being like, I can't give that to you today. I'm I'm going to bed. Well, <laughs> I'm down and out. Good on you for getting on that dance floor and for owning it because if I were you, I would have been puffed after like 30 seconds. Oh, I was. I think I was. I got so fit so quick, which was great, but my poor body, I don't know how it did it. No wonder I was exhausted. I was like, God, I'm extra tired. I'm so unfit. And it's like, no, girl, you were riddled with so many things and you needed surgery. And hope. I hope that after the recent surgery that you're just taking your time, that you're not going to go and you know, get onto another Dancing with the Stars. You're just, you're just going to literally listen to your body and be like, okay, I can do that, but I can't do this. 100%. I, as I'm getting older, I'm learning more now that I don't have to please everybody around me. I, it's so important to put myself first and it's okay to say no. Um, yeah. Oh, God. It's all these learnings as you get older. I was conditioned to always put everybody before me. No, I'm fine. I can do that. I can do that. Now I'm I'm a little bit more ruthless and I'm like, look, I'm, I think if there was more education surrounding it and people held more space for it, you wouldn't feel so alienated or people are like, oh, get over it, you know? Yeah. They just have no idea. It's that F word, fine. We're just so conditioned to say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And deep down on the inside, you're like, I'm in a lot of pain and I can't do this and I just want to go home. But that's what we were kind of brought up with on saying. Well, that's it. And there's just no, there was no real education surrounding this growing up. And we were told period pain is normal and it's not. It's not normal at all. And the biggest thing that I want to use with my you know, sufferings and silences and my profile is people can learn through me and they don't have to suffer as long as I have in silence and just know that you deserve to be heard and supported and it's not normal to feel all those things Mm. and get onto it because it's better to get onto it early than later because you'll just start to be able to live the life that you deserve as well. Yeah, you do deserve it. You shouldn't be couch-ridden just for having a period. That is definitely not normal. Exactly. We didn't ask for this. We did not ask to have, you know, the female insides <laughs> and we didn't ask for them to to turn on us. So don't feel embarrassed to ask for help and don't feel if somebody else is, doesn't get it, it says more about them than it does you and they'll get there. It's just baby steps. It's a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? It absolutely is. And when it comes to your friends, like, You've obviously spoken openly about it in public, but do you tell your friends in great detail what's happening as well with your body or? No, I don't. I do with Evie. Um, She gets it because she's dealt with a lot of chronic illnesses, not in that regard, in Mm. other areas. So she gets it. I find if you have people that get it, they hold more space for you. People, if they can't relate, they kind of go, oh, I'm sorry, but it's not their fault, but they just don't get it. Um... So, no, I think some days, you know, I can see people be a little bit like, you know, oh, well, yesterday you seemed fine. It's like, well, yeah, yesterday I was fine. I don't control what day something's going to pop up physically, mentally with all these invisible illnesses. Mm. I just do what I can with what I have. Um, And, again, if they don't get it, I try to educate people, but they don't want to listen. That's 
you know, I can't do much about that. I can mm. just I just have to listen to my own gut. Absolutely. Listening to your gut is super important. And, you know, if you don't want to push yourself to go to an event or go and do something, then don't. Well, that's it. That's it. You can't do everything for everybody else and you just really have to listen to yourself because it's not just, you know, bad periods. It's it's a lot of things. It's emotionally debilitating. It causes mental health. It causes problems in your sex life and your diet. Oh, sorry. Something just ran across my roof. Um, <laughs> in your diet and everything, you know, it's like a whole, it's a, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. There's many buckets when it comes to endometriosis and there, yeah, there's the bucket of the bad pain. There's the mental anxiety bucket. There's the relationship bucket as well. And, you know, trying to get into dating and seeing new people and then you explain to them, hey, I've got this thing and there's the anxiety building up of having sex and all that stuff. Oh, all the things. I don't think people realise how much it can affect relationships if people have no idea about it, which a lot of cisgender men don't. Um, yeah, look, it can be, it can be a hard one to navigate, but you got to surround yourself with the right people because again, you didn't ask for this and you deserve to be yeah held and supported for sure. Well, Angie, it sounds like you've got an amazing team around you at the moment. And, um, I'm so glad to hear that you're doing okay post-surgery and you've got a giant new list of things to learn about. I do. Oh my God. It's seriously, it's never ending. (laughs) My body just keeps going surprise, but you know what? This is what it is. I'm not going to be the victim of it. I'm just going to keep trying to educate myself. Mm. Some days are better than others, but I'm going to do what I can to just live my best, you know, pain-free ish life. Mm. And I just love that you've been so open and honest about it as well and sharing it on your public platform is so important just to create awareness, which you know as well after you've probably spoken about it, then you'll get DMs of people going, hey, I've got endo. Thank you so much. Yes. And I love that. I wish I had that growing up. So I do it not because I want people to feel sorry for me, but because I want to create awareness and keep spreading awareness so people don't have to suffer as long in silence. And I just feel like knowledge is power, but shared knowledge is even more powerful. And if I can help one woman to go get that ultrasound, to go get, you know, that go see that specialist and it's a a game changer for them, then I'm happy. Like that's, I'm so happy for that. Angie, I'm so happy to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much for being so open and honest and sharing an insight into your life living with endometriosis. Thank you. Thank you for having me. She's such a breath of fresh air and we really are lucky to have such a passionate endo warrior in Australia. That was Angie Kent. You can re-listen to that podcast and all of your other favourites. Get to the Endometriosis Australia website. There is also so much information on there, including webinars, the latest research, how you can support and donate as well. So get to endometriosisaustralia.org. That's also the place you can reach out if you would like to share your endo story on this podcast. It has been Living With Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed it, then make sure you leave it a review. Give it five stars because that actually gets the word out that there is a podcast for our endo warriors across the world. Thanks again. You take care and I'll chat to you soon.